Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome everyone to Why Not Me? Turning Trials into Triumphs, Seeking and Embracing Success. Coach Todd Halls here. Thanks so much for listening in today. I am glad you're here. I'm excited uh, to introduce you to our guest today. Uh, Vicki Terrell is with us. Vicki is a wife, a mom, a leadership and career coach, an entrepreneur, and former teacher and youth pastor, um, and, and, and so much more. And I can't wait for you to get to know her better. So with that, Vicki, uh, fill in any blanks that, that you would like to give us some, some background and how, how you ended up here today. Hi, Todd. Thank you so much for asking me to be on your podcast. This is quite an honor. Um, wow. Filling in the gaps. That's a lot. Um, I right now am loving what I'm doing. I am using some of the skills that I have used my entire life, helping people in business actually figure out what they're passionate about, what their purpose is and how to connect that with the workplace, specifically managers uh, in businesses, and then how to do how to equip them to do the same thing with their employees so that everybody stays engaged and loving the work they're in, which is obviously something that people are struggling with right now in the workplace. So what a ripple effect if we can um, all figure out what we're supposed to be doing in life and, and do it. So that's what I love doing. For sure. So how did how did you come to find your purpose and 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 to be to be where you're at serving in the manner you are? Well, it's been quite a journey as far as the purpose goes. I knew way back when I was younger, I loved seeing people's potential and helping them take roles, even in high school, uh, that would help them achieve something. So when I got out of college, and this is a crazy thing, I was an economics major, go figure. So <laughs> when, I, when I got out of college, I had a lot of critical thinking skills, but what do you do with an economics major? So I went back to school. I absolutely loved working with kids. I went back to school and got my teaching certification. So that's how I did it. I went back to school and I taught government economics and English and helped students for, for 10 years. I was a teacher and really watched them struggle um, knowing what to do with those next steps, which is exactly where I had struggled 
So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I ended up being a career coach originally. I really wanted to help kids get a good idea of where they were going instead of going in circles and, and waste money and time and that emotional energy, just not knowing where they were going. So, and then just with circumstances of life, I added on life coaching and that led me into really defining purpose and seeing what a difference adding, knowing what your purpose is in life to a career what a difference that makes to lives. And uh, that's that's really why I'm, I am where I am. Cool, cool. So it seems, you, you, there's a couple things there. It seems that we encourage our kids to finish high school and go right to college, go get an education mm-hmm. without ever doing that. I'll call it hard work because it, I think it is hard work to really um, think through what you're, what your strengths are, what what you're passionate about, what lights you up. Um, right. So, for for any parents that are listening that have teenagers coming up, what what would you do? You have any any sort of wisdom you could share with them as they're uh, setting their children free to the next phase in life? Uh, definitely, I think one of the things that we grew up with was this idea that just go to college. You can figure it out while you're there. Just go experiment. I'm not sure that that's a great idea now. I was, I'm not sure it was a great idea for us. And we're just kind of following the pattern that we had set before us. Because most of us, if we talk to people, we we all changed our major. We, we struggled uh, and couldn't figure out why we were struggling in certain classes. And it, took us longer to get out. And uh, I just wouldn't recommend it, although we we seem to think that that's the only way to go. And it's not. There's so many tools out there now to help kids really figure out what what they're gifted at doing and how their brain actually reasons. And most parents don't even know that they're out there. So there's so much groundwork that can be done beforehand where you can narrow down at least fields of interest and brain reasoning ability. And then they can go to college or some other form of training. There's so many options out there now that don't even require a college degree, just some really good experience if you're intentional about what you're doing. and. Um, and really, really achieve some amazing things. But it takes the work on the front end. Like as an adult, would you sign up for something that costs you $30,000 just to try it out and see if you can figure out something to do with it later? I, 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 it's amazing that we expect our kids to be able to do that. Yeah, that's, I would not. That just doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> But that's what we do. We all, but yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we do. Yeah. Well, and then you know, thinking of my own journey, and and I know some other people, we get whatever whatever avenue that is, we get done with college, um, and that's not exactly how my path went. Um, but got into a career, into a, a vocation that uh, that provided well. But I always, but never really, I wasn't aligned with what. I've discovered is my purpose and and my passions are. Um, So 
often we see that. I don't think that's uncommon to see a guy who's or a, or a woman who's 35, 40 years old. And, uh, you know, our friend John calls it he, he was experiencing smoldering discontent. So even though he had success, quote unquote success, he didn't feel like he was where God called him to be or made him to be. So how... How do we address that? How do you help? How, how do you help somebody navigate a situation like that? Well, you can find that in so many different ways. Not even maybe smoldering discontent, but like some of these managers that I'm working with, they just they work long and hard, and they can't figure out why they're working harder and longer than other people, and it's simply because they're not working within their strengths. So they're mm-hmm. having to work longer and harder because they're not in their strength zone. So there, there are so many ways to do this. Uh, one, there are activities that you can do, just reflection activities about your interests and things you're passionate about and your values. Those are crucial. And most of us never take the time on the front end to ever think through those. We just hit life on a on a speed train and, and want to tackle it. You know, when we're in our twenties, we're bulletproof and we're going to show the world that we're going to be a success. And we never take the time to do all the groundwork first. So at any point in time, it's a great opportunity to stop and look at what's really important and what we really do love to do and what we would love to, the impact that we really would love to make on the world. Plus, just figuring out what we really are good at doing, what gives us energy, what comes easily to us when it doesn't come easily to other people. I think most people, when they're looking at their strengths, they assume that everybody can do the things that they do easily. And that's that's really the whole purpose of figuring out your strengths because not everyone is designed the same way and you do things really easily and quickly and other people struggle and vice versa the things that you struggle with other people do easily and if you could figure out how to move those around and shift things around then you don't have to work so long and hard yeah so as as i was talking about i was thinking about you know being in the wrong like in the wrong profession even but you bring it to a different level in that you could, I could be working in a profession that I that I love, but if I'm not using my giftedness in that, if or, or if I'm being required to to do something I'm not good at or doesn't fuel me, I can be in the exact right profession and still have that that tension um, because I'm just not in alignment with my with with my values and and giftedness and strengths. Is that am I, am I reading that right? Absolutely. Yes. And most people think that the only option is to jump ship. So they'll try to find another job, another company and jump ship instead of because they don't they don't understand why the disconnect with the job, why they're burned out. And um, when, in fact, their values are aligned with the company, you know, everything else is right. They're just exhausted. They're burned out because they're working in areas that aren't their strength. And most people, honestly, don't know how to advocate for themselves. So if, if you are tired or exhausted, they don't know how to go to their boss. They don't know how to, they don't know how to navigate that um, in a good way, how to lead for themselves with a boss mm. to, 
to help shift their job to where it really does fit them better. So instead of having the conversations, they just think it's better to just find another job somewhere else. So there are ways to do that. That's where coaching helps. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, it it brings to mind, you know, where's it's the, the horse and the cart. So where, where does responsibility lie to start to change that? Is it the, is it the, the leader's job, the manager's job to look at his team and, and, and recognize this? Is it the team or the, you know, the, the team members um, responsibility to, to raise their hand and say, Hey, we need to do something different. I can't continue this way. I'm thinking of leaving. So where, where's step one? It's actually on both. It's actually on who learns it first, who becomes aware of it first. I think we're all responsible for our own steps, but most people aren't aren't taught that those are options. So that's why I really try to focus on managers first, because I do think it's the manager's role to try to identify the strengths of the people that are under them. But of course, the managers have to know their strengths first and operate out of their own strengths in order to be able to do the same for their employees. So it's kind of a two-way street. We're responsible for our own career paths and utilizing our own strengths and understanding when we have to operate within the, the areas that we're not as good at doing. You know, we're, we're responsible for that. We're not victims. We, we can manage these things. Um, at the same time, it would be nice to have bosses who could also recognize that and encourage us to do the things that we're we're good at doing, and give us those opportunities. Yeah, I'm reminded of the book Extreme Ownership. Have you read that? I have not. So um, the authors of uh, Navy SEAL Jocko Willink and. He gives an example of working with a, this company, and, and I won't get this right. So, any listeners who've read the book, I, I, I'm I'm generalizing here, but the, the way the story goes is working with a company, and this this team didn't felt like they they weren't performing the way they should they 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 should be, and in in consulting with them, he he found out that they didn't have the information they needed from their leadership. From, from the boss. They, they just literally weren't, didn't have enough communication to know how to fulfill the requirements. And so open up that line of communication. Of course, the, the leader, of course, the, the, the person in charge wanted them to succeed. It's not like they're intentionally withholding or, or keeping people out of their strengths. So, so they wanted to share the information and then the people were able to perform. And, and so the, the lesson was, just as you, you said, it's two. It's a two-way street mm-hmm. because then he he asked this team like whose whose fault was that? Like what well, was it was the boss's fault? And he's like, no, actually, you didn't raise your hand. They 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 didn't know. So it's your responsibility to lead. You have to lead the people above you as well as the people that are downstream from you. Absolutely, absolutely. So how? And it's easy for us just to say, hey, raise your hand. But do you have any any tips for, for somebody that, that is in that? Like, well, how do you start that conversation? Mm, that's a great question, Todd. 
Most of the time, it depends on how you have developed the relationship with your boss over time. If you're wanting, if you're needing to have that, that talk with your boss, you should have along the way have developed a relationship with your boss to the point where you can walk in and say, hey, I've been looking at some things. I've been looking at my strengths, which means that you have taken upon yourself to identify your strengths. If your company has not done a workshop, if you, if you haven't been given professional development through your workshop, through, I mean, through your workplace, then you've taken it upon yourself to try to figure out why, why am I not, why am I not happy here? And, and looked at some of these strengths, StrengthsFinder or DISC, or there's so many out there to really identify what you're good at doing. The best way is just to walk in and say, hey, I've really noticed, I've been doing some self-development and I've noticed that some of my strengths are these. I would really love some opportunities to try this out in the workplace. I think it would really help the business. I, I could help my coworkers. I could help you if I could have a chance to, to try these out and see if I could really be a benefit to the company. I mean, like what boss would not say, wow, that'd be great. Well, right. And if if the boss does say that, that may that may be a, your sign that it is time to look elsewhere. <laughs> right. Uh, so you mentioned you mentioned a couple strengths finder. You mentioned disc. You know there are there are a lot of resources. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite one or two uh, that? You know, say I wanted to start exploring this for me, and I just said, Vicky, I'm trying to figure out what my what my strengths are. What what would where should I start? Well, I have a few that I use that I that I rely heavily on. One is one that is not as well known as others. It's called the Highlands Ability Battery. It is it is the one that is more scientifically based. I call it brain games because it is not a self-reporter. I know that sounds a little strange, but um, DISC and StrengthsFinder and Myers-Briggs all ask you questions. Would you rather do this or that? Mm-hmm. So you can answer according to your preferences, which are all great. I think everything needs to be, you know, the more you know about yourself, the better, right? So mm-hmm. they all have their values. Uh, Highlands Ability Battery has you do different work samples online that test your, how your brain actually reasons. There's no, you have absolutely no way to predict what it's testing. It will have you manipulate in your brain 3D objects, put things in order, see if you can tell what's missing from a picture. It's just very different things. And the report itself, when you get it, will tell you how your brain reasons. Do you do things logically or do you decide things with your gut? 
do you, I mean, do you do, do you deal more with theories or do you prefer things that are hands-on concrete? Do you prefer working with people or objects? So to me, that has been one of the eye openers with almost every client that I work with. They can actually see themselves and how they reason uh, and how the preferred environment that they work with. I have yet with all of the clients that I've worked with, it has never, and I will say I very seldom do I say never or always because then I'm always proved wrong, right? But it has never failed to be accurate with any of my clients. So, um, and it provides career lists. If you're actually looking at, did I pick the right career? And should I move to a different career? Um, it provides a career list that fits your brain reasoning patterns. So it's a confirmation that you're in the right spot or it gives you options if you're in the wrong spot. So it's a great place to start. So I love that one. Uh, I also love DISC because it's behaviors and communication patterns. So that helps in the workplace setting. Uh, and, and I still fall back on StrengthsFinder so much because it has helped me fine tune what I do. But that's the fine tuner to me. Cool. So Highland's Ability Battery, um, and uh, that's a new one for me. I'll, I'll check that one out. Disc and, and, and Strengths. So as you were talking about Highland's, it almost sounds like it takes the, I'll call it, takes the emotion out of it. You know, rather Absolutely. than playing a game of would you rather, it's more, um, this, this is actually, the red wire is connected to the blue wire in your head, and it doesn't matter what kind of a day you're having, that's it's not cool. Cool, cool. I'm yes. looking forward to check that out. Yeah. Um, as you, what are some common challenges you're seeing working with with the companies you are? Um, where you know, we're, as we're as we're visiting, it's Thanksgiving Eve, um, what twenty twenty one. So, on, on the tail end of of COVID, we hope. What what are some of the bigger challenges you're seeing in the companies that? That you're working with what's what is there a common theme or common themes uh, oh great question i would say there are two um one um, value alignment some some of the businesses, you know, I work primarily with smaller, smaller businesses. Um, and they got going and then they grew. And they never really stopped to be intentional about writing down what the things that they were really wanted to see continue as their values. They just assumed that everybody understood their culture, their <clears throat> values, that kind of thing, because they were small. And now they've grown and they've hired people and those people didn't necessarily have those same values. And they're starting to see some disconnect and some issues pop up in their companies because uh, those people didn't have their same values. So go, they're having to go back and revisit 
their vision, mission, purpose, values because they weren't clear with it at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that's number one. Even hiring, you know, going back to the whole as you take on new people, just really being sure that the people that you hire have your same values going in so that you don't have to fight the the battle of trying to instill your values, which, you know, as we know, doesn't really work very well on the on the back end. It helps to hire people who have your same basic, you know, honesty, <laughs> you know, all of those things going in to the workplace, if those are the things that are that are valuable to you. And I think those are important. Um, and the second one is really having um, faith that God will show up in your business. Uh, I'm I'm seeing more businesses beginning to expect God to show up, and that um, I think we have a tendency as entrepreneurs to have this great idea and we take off running with a company and we have our personal as Christians, we have our personal businesses, you know, I mean our personal lives and God's there and we expect him to show up there. And then we have our businesses. And sometimes the two don't cross as much as we, you know, really expect or would like Mm -hmm. for for it to be, and we don't really realize it. Um, like I don't, I don't know. It's really kind of strange. Um, but I'm, I'm beginning to see that shift a little, a little bit, where you know you actually pray over what direction should we go next. And, and I haven't seen that as much up until lately. So there's. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two things you mentioned are, are well, actually can be that they're they're intertwined. Um, the, the value mm-hmm. the, the value piece if 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 we're if we come in as a as a Jesus follower and start a business and we actually take the time to to define those values like th- these are who we are. Uh, yep, yeah, we're people of faith. You know, we, we, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a system and soul coach, and one of the values uh, or one of the hug pray dance is one of the um, culture pieces, right? I mean, prayer is included in that statement of who system and soul is. And so it seems that as, as companies get started or, or decide, you know what, it's time to do something with the values, that faith piece, if assuming they're a company, faith-based company, um, has right. to come up. And by, and by faith-based, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're um, selling uh, tracks. I mean, it could be a, it could be an auto mechanic that's a faith based company. It doesn't doesn't matter, um, right? I think so, so. So the value component is huge, and you mentioned you know taking the time to to call them out in the beginning, and and I could go on for hours on this subject, but not only that, but um, but reviewing them like they should be they should be everywhere and just part of that conversation and culture, um, so that. Anybody coming in, I mean, 
the value should be used to hire, to review, to, to, to terminate if necessary. They're, they're really the basis for how any solid company is going gonna, is gonna to function and, and attract the right people and retain the right people. Um, and I think you know, so many business owners, as you mentioned, they jump in, they're, they're running ahead full speed, they grow past themselves, and suddenly yeah. they're bringing in other people's values. And the culture changes from what where they started to what it then becomes. And I, I think this is just a reminder that the, the, that culture piece, the soul of the company, can be nurtured um, created recreated brought back to where where you thought it was if you just take the time to a recognize that something's off and then b jump in and do it um, i'm going to say a little bit on the faith piece i think part of that faith thing is society has created enough fear around that i've, I've talked to business owners of like well i don't know if i can share my faith at work won't i get in trouble for that can we can we pray and yeah, you know, and so hopefully, if, if anybody listening, this is permission, everybody, uh, all, all, all you faith-based entrepreneurs and business owners, this is permission to share your faith at work. That's um, if you've been called to lead a business, that's where God wants you to do your ministry, uh, in my opinion. So, how do you? And, and now I'll jump off my soapbox. You, you hit a couple of, of touch points there that I'm pretty passionate about. Um, yeah. Me too. For uh, for a company leader that does feel this tension, um, whether let's just go with the faith piece. Like, how? What are the first steps for them to take? Wow, I'm going to have to think about that for a minute. Um. You know, one of the biggest pieces today that we face is just keeping our employees engaged, which means the biggest component of that is having those relationships where we we know our employees, which is not like just knowing a name, which sometimes even that for a manager, managers sometimes don't even know the names of their employees, which is just amazing to me, mm-hmm. um, you know? But it means actually like knowing them, like who, who are the people in your family? What do you love to do? What's going on? Are you, you, you look like you're troubled about something today. What's up? How can I help? It's being a person. It's seeing them as being an individual. It's giving them a, a place to belong. That's what work can be because they're there more than they're at home. And so in the realm of that relationship, you have an opening to speak what is important to you. And you would know whether those things are an open topic or a closed topic. There are so many times I can throw out Uh, a God topic. And I know immediately whether that's an open door or a closed door just from their reaction, just by watching what they do. You know, sometimes they're not a a person of faith, but they're interested. I can, I can tell 
They'll ask mm-hmm. me questions. Well, that's an open door for me. Sometimes they, I learn very quickly they're a person of faith. Well, that's a definite open door. We'll have those conversations all day long. And sometimes it's a closed door. But they know where I stand, and it's amazing how many times they will come back in a time of trouble and ask me to pray, or they'll ask me something else, or they'll, you know, it just comes up down the road somewhere because they then know that I am a person of faith. And that's that's what we want, right? Is the those open doors and people to know who we are. For sure. I love that. Uh, what, what comes to mind, something you said earlier, you talked about a ripple effect or the ripples and thinking of um, what you just described, like seeing everybody, your the people you lead, seeing their humanness, getting to know them. And in doing so, maybe maybe for three minutes, they share something that's on their heart or they're able to, you know, maybe, maybe you just share a smile. Um, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, they leave in a better place. Mm-hmm. And and so on the way home, when they stop to, to do an errand to pick up the dry cleaning, they, sh- they share a smile instead of a frown. And they get home and they're in a better place with, with their kids and their spouse. And suddenly, you know, the ripple effect of, of that um, is really infinite. We don't know how far to go. Mm-mm, we do not. Here's, here's a story for you. I was talking to a... Uh, an entry-level employee the other day for a very large um, company. And she was talking about getting home one night, and it was a a very large grocery store. And she said, I started crying last night because for the very first time, and she's worked at this grocery store for probably two years, and her manager actually sat with her in the in their room where they can go to have supper or whatever, their break room, and asked her how she was first time. And she went home and cried because he actually showed an interest in her as a human being. Hmm. That broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just a reminder of the how powerful the human connection is, mm. and how and how necessary it is. Yeah. Um, so, so going so, to Thanksgiving, what a great time to look at if we have people under us, or coworkers, or our bosses. Just to say, hey, just wanted to say thank you for and come up with something about them specifically, not just a blanket thank you for being alive thing, but something specific that we're really thankful about them for. You know, we can, it's so easy to go, oh, just wanting to say thanks for being you. I mean, that's kind of a blanket thing. And, Especially this younger generation, they're going, oh, yeah, right, whatever. They're very skeptical. But if you can point out, you know, I really appreciated when you did X, man, that means the world to them because you actually saw them. And it takes two seconds to do. You know, we we think about Thanksgiving and we're very grateful for our families and our, you know, especially our spouse, our immediate families and our parents and 
you know, things that happen, circumstances, you know, all of those things we're so very grateful for. We're grateful to God for all of the things he does for us. Those are so easy. They come easy. Sometimes we don't think about the people at work as much. What a great time to start being grateful for them as well. So think of the power um, of, of, of that and the change that could take place if, if everyone was just intentional to, to two people a day. I don't think even, mm-hmm. even one person a day to, to say thank you for this, like very, a very specific thing. Um, I, I, it, it changed the world. It would, <laughs> it, it would absolutely <laughs> change the world. So you know what? <clears throat> I think that's a that's probably a good place to start to land this plane. Um, okay. I, I love that. It's uh, and I am going to make an attempt uh, to to do just that. Two people a day to find something specific and and thank them for it. And not necessarily strangers. Some days it'll be probably my wife and my son because uh, some days that's the only people I see. Um, but um, I'm I'm committing to that. So anybody that wants to join me, let's let's challenge each other and see how many how many days we can go. So Vicky, right. as we as so for starters, um, thank you, Vicky, for for your time. Time is precious and and limited. So the fact that you've just spent the last forty minutes or so with me is truly appreciated. Thank you, um, and then also thank you for this idea of just taking time to be specific and showing gratitude to people. That's awesome. For our listeners that would like to engage you for, for coaching or just find out more about you, how, where's a good place for them to go find more Vicki Terrell? You can find me at VickiTerrellCoaching.com or on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you. Okay. VickiTerrell.com. Uh, for for our listeners, if you could, if you would offer like one question, one one final question to to them that we should that you think we should all be considering um, as we as we go into the holiday season, we're wrapping up twenty twenty one, going into twenty twenty two. What should we be pondering? Hmm. Wow. What a question to end on. <laughs> Um, are you are you utilizing to the best of your ability all of the gifts that God has given you for the greatest impact because God has gifted you with all of those gifts to make an impact for his kingdom, for other people. And he expects you to use them until you're no longer here. There is no sitting back on your laurels. <laughs> we're, we're here until we're gone. That's a, that's a great question. And one, uh, yeah, that's a great question to be to be thinking about and not not just now but probably uh six months from now a year from now review it are are you using your gifts 
the gifts you've been given to, to maximize your impact for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Vicki, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I hope you enjoy your day tomorrow. Um, listeners, to all of you, um, I hope you uh, likewise have an amazing Thanksgiving. You'll probably be hearing this uh, on or after Thanksgiving, but uh, hope you have an awesome day for those of you listening in the United States. Everybody else, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, hey, remember everyone, whatever, whatever big dreams you have, whatever grand vision God has placed in your heart, you can. Until next time, everybody, peace. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.